Welcome to the Newson Health Menopause Podcast. I'm Dr. Louise Newson, a GP and menopause specialist, and I run the Newson Health Menopause and Wellbeing Centre here in Stratford-upon-Avon. So today I'm very excited and delighted to have with me remotely Liz Earle, who I have known for a few years and I'm just so excited to have you here today, Liz. So thanks for joining me. It's such a pleasure. It's so great to connect, even if we can't be in the same room. (laughs) Yeah. So as a lot of you know, I've done, I think, three podcasts with you, Liz, which has been a real honour and delight. And so it's lovely to have our roles reversed. But I just wanted to talk really about how we first met, because as some of you who are listening know, um, as well as being a doctor for many years, I've also done a lot of medical writing. And I was approached to um, look at a book that I think your mother had written initially, hadn't she? Yeah, she certainly helped me with it. This was a really old book. It was I had a little series of uh, quick guides, they were called, and I did about 24 of them. Gosh, it must be 20 years or so ago. And one of them was on menopause. Mm. And to be honest, you know, back then I was in my 30s and it was something that for me was dim and distant future. So I asked my mum to help me uh, because she was going through it. And it was the time of the Women's Health Initiative studies and everything was, you know, very anti-HRT and a lot of chat about breast cancer, etc. So she helped me with the research and it was only a quick little guide. So, you know, we, we published it and it was fine. And then about, well, I guess 20 years later, a few years ago, I was asked by my publisher to rework all my little books and to put them out as e-guides, so e-books. And I did this, and it came to the menopause one. And uh, I this by this time had a nurse who was helping me doing some research. And she came back and she said, oh, Liz, you know, I, I hate to tell you this, but virtually everything in this book is wrong. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? You know, I pride myself on my knowledge and research and everything. And she said, yeah, I've, I've been talking to this, this amazing doctor called Dr. Louise Newston, who's a menopause specialist. And, you know, well, I mean, she says it's, it's all wrong. So I said, oh, let me speak to this doctor. <laughs> you know, what, what does she know? <laughs> And of course, that was how we how we mm. first connected. And gosh, what an enlightenment. <laughs> well, it was funny, wasn't it? Because she'd approached me and I read it. And obviously, I've always respected your work and, and held you in very high regard and, and read it. And the HRT section was very depressing, really, because it was mm. saying how you could take it if it, your symptoms were really, really bad and you were really struggling. And actually, most women who take HRT probably will get breast cancer. And <laughs> and I thought, my goodness, I would love to work uh, with you, but actually I couldn't work with, you know, the, the knowledge that I have, yeah. obviously, and, and knowing. So we had this um, telephone conversation where I felt really bad that I was saying, Liz, it's a great book, but actually parts of it are completely wrong. And yeah. and I remember you saying, but actually, but horses urine is what's in HRT, isn't it? And it's mm. all so bad. And, and it made me realise, as a doctor, because we grow up, knowing about medical things all the time we just presume other people know the same and it was very interesting and well and it was also very encouraging because rather than you saying no I'm right Louise you actually said gosh really I'm going to have to do some research and look into this which is what of course you've done and I I really never mind being putting right you know for me it's all about evidence-based research and writing clinical evidence and um, you know that's that's part of it and especially as science 
not only moves on, but awareness moves on. And, you know, we now know how outdated and how appallingly misinterpreted that original study that was published was and how the authors have since gone on to publicly apologise for the amount of damage mm. that they've caused. And and I think from that, my eyes were really, truly opened. And I work a lot, actually, outside of my wellbeing work. I, I campaign for social justice on in lots of different areas. And I have a charity and I, I work with, you know, victims of modern day trafficking and all sorts and I guess you know part of me in this whole journey of exploration and discovery is about trying to put right this appalling miscarriage of justice that is being done for midlife women mm. with their health care because of GPs not being trained properly and misinformation and media scaremongering so it does see me kind of climbing onto my soapbox more mm. often than not just because there is so much misinformation so I then went on to write a much bigger book which was the good menopause guide which came out I think three years ago and you very kindly kind of proofread mm. that and, and were my medical advisor so we got to know each other much better then and in that book I wanted to put all the medical references in the back so that you know any GP or practice nurse or whoever could pick it up and really see where the information was sourced from and, and be confident that it mm. was accurate and then it just snowballs, doesn't it? I mean, every day there's something new, whether it's talking about mental health and Alzheimer's or, of course, now potential immune support properties for COVID. Mm. I mean, it's just never ending. No, and it's interesting because I remember not long after we'd had this conversation, you invited me kindly down to your studios and we did a, a Facebook Live. Mm. And that was quite a few years ago. And I don't, I can't recall whether you'd actually started HRT then or not. But if you had, it hadn't been for very long. And I think I just yes. started. And yeah. it was it was interesting because you were then aware that there was a big response from this Facebook Live. And any time you mentioned mm. the word menopause, people were really listening. And yeah. I know myself, it wasn't until I opened my clinic, I realised how many women were suffering. I had no idea before because in my GP practice, I just saw my cohort of patients and I would help them and they would go on their way. Um, and often felt a lot better, thankfully. But then I would suddenly see these women that had had symptoms for 10, 20, sometimes 30 years. They'd given up their jobs, their partners, their, their even sometimes thought about giving up their lives. And it's overwhelming and it still is now, as you know. But mm. I, I think you've had that feeling as well, haven't you, from menopause being a oh, word that we yeah. say in a very jokey way to suddenly realising yeah. this massive impact it's having, not just on women, but on men as well, because men who know women clearly can have be affected can't they yes absolutely and I think when I think back to when I first wanted to write the main book I did the good menopause guide I started it probably about four years ago and my publishers were very nervous about putting the word menopause on the cover mm. you know they said well look you know you write about beauty and well-being and can't we call it aging well you know because it's all about aging isn't it and I said no we're not flipping well calling it that you know it, let's call it out it is menopause and and I felt awkward at the beginning about putting my name so firmly attached to the word menopause because it's got potentially such negative connotations or at least it used to thankfully I think it's changing but I didn't want to be seen as some decrepit old has-been and that was the kind of the image the stereotypical mm. image of the unreliable incontinent frail old heap sitting in a corner you know that is not somebody I identify with yes and I think it's interesting, isn't it, looking at women in the media, there are a number of women who step out, people like Lorraine Kelly, for example, 
um, and Andrea on on loose women and and Meg Matthews and, and you know there are people who very clearly do and want to help and support mm. and empower other women and there are also other women you know in the media who look amazing in their 50s and and beyond who never say a word and you think you know oh come on you know can't you just be transparent and absolutely and and I think it's such a shame isn't it because it's almost um I know myself when I started taking HRT some of my friends said oh my gosh don't you feel really old and that means you can't have children and I was thinking well I've been sterilized i I'm in my mid-40s at the time and I but it was very negative there are very negative mm. thoughts associated with it as you know and there's a lot of I think we should change the way we think about the menopause it should be really rebranded I think to be thought of as a long-term female hormone deficiency. That's great I, I've actually started to use that expression you first coined it and I used it in a podcast or something or an Instagram live or something the other day I said actually you know, we need to yes. be thinking about this as a, as a hormone insufficiency, like diabetes, yes. you, you, you know, you lack um, insulin or thyroxine, it's got a thyroid issue. Yes, and if I said to you, you've got an iron deficiency, you would immediately say, well, how do I take iron? Yeah. What's the best dose? Yeah. What do I, what's the best formula for me? And it's the same with this because... There are so many women out there who think they can just battle through their symptoms. They'll come oh. out the other side. And, <laughs> you know, it's we don't get any medals, do we, for suffering with symptoms? And, no. you know, there's a lot of people who sadly don't know they're having menopausal symptoms. But mm. even when they do, they feel ashamed to ask for help or they don't know how to ask for help. Yeah. And then they think they should take HRT for the shortest length of time rather than realising it's replacing our hormones because... We need them for our health as well, don't we? Absolutely. And I think for me, you know, I'm always very wary and aware of vested interest. Mm. And it's been really interesting looking, particularly at social media. You look at some of these Facebook groups or you look at some of these websites. And I always say it's always important to follow the money. And you go, what are you selling? You know, what courses are you selling? What books, what supplements, what gadgets? You know, where is this where is this going to? What is the point of your of your website? Is it purely to inform and to help or is there an agenda, financial agenda? And, you know, one of the reasons why I love collaborating with you is I know that you have absolutely no vested interest. You know, Mm. you have no agenda. You don't want to see the same women month after month coming to your clinic you know for yet more repeat prescriptions you know you want to see them once sort them out and send them back to their GP to carry on being properly cared for on on the NHS absolutely and you know the same is true with me I have no vested Mm. interest I have I've never taken any money from big pharma or or small pharma and you know I'm totally unviable and I think that's Mm. that's really important because you know I just put out information there that I think is genuine and, and true without trying to sell you something it is. And certainly for me as a, as a doctor, it's it's really important. And most weeks I get asked to be quoted behind some menopause face cream or some supplement yes. or, or something. <laughs> and and actually, you know, we can't do that. And I have said to you, you know, people respect because your whole journey with well-being and health has been huge. And I know how hard you work to look after yourself from within, which is so important, isn't it? And I remember when um, your book Skin came out and superficially you think, well, I've, well, I've had the same face cream. It suits me. I'll carry on. And then you think, yeah. no, actually, I've got to think about my diet and then the whole gut health. And <laughs> yeah, gut health. Things that's are so journey. important. Yeah. And 
And it's the same with hormones, isn't it? And and knowledge is power, isn't it? And I think um, what's been really interesting, I think, watching how you've learned yourself and thankfully not just from me, everything I've told you, you've gone and you've looked at the research yourself, read the papers, and Mm -hmm. you've also quite rightly spoken to a lot of other experts and doctors in the menopause field. And it uh, really makes me smile when I hear a podcast and it's the similar words to I'm saying because it's yeah. it's important that you have unbiased information and knowledge and um, yeah absolutely I mean I, you know I, I'm kind of stepping into this whole world I've got a whole new Rolodex if you like of, of contact you know from consultant professors in the UK to mm. you know far-flung across in America in LA in New York um it just goes on and on. And, mm-hmm. and you know, finding the good people, the knowledgeable people is hard because mm-hmm. there is, I think sometimes when consultants have got, you know, the word consultant or gynecologist or specialist, mm-hmm. and it's it's sometimes really scary how little they know. And yes. I, I mean, interestingly, uh, I think it was earlier this year or the end of last year, I forget, might have been the end of last year, I was actually asked to speak at the Royal College of Obstetrician and Gynaecologists dinner. Mm. And it was a room full of gynaecologists. And I thought, you know, what am I doing here? Why am I your guest speaker? Because, you know, what do I know? You are the guys and girls who are supposed to know. And uh, we had the most fascinating discussion. And, you know, many of them, mentioning no names, came up to me afterwards and said, you know, that was completely fascinating. I wasn't aware of this research. And I thought, my goodness, you know, women are being referred to you as the expert and you aren't aware of this simple, basic research. Mm. I mean, how can that happen? Well, I think it's very interesting, isn't it? Because menopause has always been a gynecological specialty. And actually, yes, we know that the menopause is associated with period stopping, but actually, it shouldn't doesn't need a surgical treatment, and gynaecologists mm, are surgeons, right. and so we're not really sure why it's happened. And as you know, I'm quite different because I've done a lot of hospital medicine, and then I went into general practice at a later stage. And so I'm very interested in the effects of estrogen all around our body, and I'm not actually I'm not a specialist in gynaecology, so that's why I'm so interested in osteoporosis, heart disease, diabetes, dementia. The, the conditions, as you know, increase with lack of oestrogen in our bodies, whereas gynaecologists, you know, won't have any training in osteoporosis or heart disease or migraines or dementia because they focus on the reproductive tract, quite rightly. So their training is very limited. But then obviously, as you know, a lot of GPs aren't given any formal training about the menopause Mm. but also neither are other specialties and so anyone who sees someone for example in in an osteoporosis clinic or a migraine clinic or a heart disease clinic or a urology clinic if someone's got recurrent urinary tract infections all these people need to be trained as well and yet they're not at the moment this this will change but this is one of the problems so women aren't always aware that their symptoms are related and then when they are it can be sometimes very difficult Mm. for them to get help well you know what one of the things I think after about 18 months or so of taking HRT what you know I began to realize all the other connected symptoms it's really interesting what you're saying there Mm. about general practice and about looking after all the other areas of the body and I remember in my sort of late 40s early 50s being aware that I was having issues with my hearing and getting kind of borderline tinnitus I would get occasional ringing in my ears and kind of crackling Mm. and began to feel quite depressed about it thinking oh my goodness you know is this going to be my you know lifelong 
problem now as I age that I'm, I'm going to lose my hearing or I'm going to have to live with tinnitus. And after about 18 months of HRT, I realized, actually, my hearing's completely fine. Mm. So I started to look into it. And actually, I've just written a, a feature about it for Lazar Wellbeing magazine because it's I'm writing about hearing in general and hearing loss and how our hearing works. And as part of that, I went on to the British Tinnitus Association onto their website and I had a look at research and I looked up some search terms. So I keyed in estrogen. No, nothing. Keyed in menopause. Mm. No, nothing. Keyed in HRT. And it just says no results that match your search. And I'm thinking, this is extraordinary. So then I went on to PubMed and all the other kind of clinical uh, references and of course found not many but some mm. very statistically significant studies showing the use the long-term use of HRT and estrogen mm. in just helping that one thing tinnitus as you say many you know audiologists I know women who've been to audiology clinics and have spent a fortune on hearing aids and cochlear implants and blockers and all the rest yes, of it yes. and you know few months on estrogen and the estrogen receptors in their inner ears are nicely topped up and they don't have a problem anymore. Yeah, we see so many women who've been to um, ENT clinics and had quite a lot of investigations. And it's sometimes it can be dizziness, balance Mm. problems, but tinnitus as well, because we know that the estrogen receptors um, affect the way the nerves work and transmit the messages in the body. So just as pins and needles in the arms and the feet can be very common, so you can get these other sensations. Absolutely fascinating. In fact, I'm just looking here at some of my research because I learned a lot about the workings of the inner ear. I learned a couple of new words. Uh, where were they? Something to do with lymph. Oh, yes, endolymph and perilymph. Yes. And these apparently, yes. well, you'll know because you're a doctor, these are unique ionic compounds that regulate electrochemical impulses of the hair cells necessary for hearing. Uh, and they are influenced mm. by estrogen. So, you know, isn't that yeah. fascinating? It's absolutely fascinating. I've had one patient, actually, and I have seen many hundreds, if not thousands of women who have been menopausal recently. And she was referred by one of my colleagues who's an ENT surgeon. And he um, had realised that her symptoms had come on since she'd had her ovaries removed um, in an operation. So he'd taken a good history. And as you might know, 90% of our diagnosis is made in a history and nearly 100% when it comes to menopause because there's no blood test that's reliable and he had realized and thought actually you don't need to see me you need to go and see Louise and uh, and lo and behold it was related so I was really encouraged yeah. but it's a shame that it, people don't put the pieces together really and yeah, there was a message on my Instagram literally yesterday sorry to interrupt you literally yesterday saying oh my goodness just listen to your podcast I've had two rheumatology investigations and consultations because I've got such aching joints I'm 52 this all makes perfect sense. I'm going straight back to my GP to request a trial on HRT. <laughs> yes, we see there's a lot of women who are misdiagnosed with fibromyalgia mm. and even arthritis. And mm. we know that women taking HRT have a lower risk of hip replacement and knee replacement due to osteoarthritis. And I'm going to um, do some work with some great people at Oxford University in their department of rheumatology looking at this because we know estrogen works as an anti-inflammatory in the joints and so you know arthritis especially in the hand can reduce with having estrogen but there's not enough research into it because as you know menopause research is very neglected which is appalling in my mind when it affects all women isn't it I mean one of the things that you know I, I try very hard not to do with with my work and that's 
you know, also why I'm so, so supportive of you is I don't want to bash doctors. You know, I'm not into no. bashing GPs or practice nurses. But what I do want to bash is the system that allows this to happen and the lack mm-hmm. of education. Uh, and I know that that's something that you work very hard on, isn't it? You're not just treating women, but you're also trying to educate yeah, colleagues, absolutely. you know, in the, out of the business of your own heart, you know, freely giving this time to try and bring everybody else up to speed. You know, it's obviously it is incredibly rewarding as a doctor to be able to really help women and manage them properly, treat the underlying cause. And as you know, if women are on the right dose and type of HRT, they often feel so much better. And even women who can't have HRT in the first line, just talking about their symptoms, giving them choices, talking about their nutrition, their diet, everything else can make a huge difference. And it is such a shame. And before COVID, I was working um, with the NHS and we were going to do some big work this year, which has obviously been delayed Mm. because of COVID-19. But as you know, there's three other doctors and myself have written a menopause education programme and we're working in conjunction with 14 Fish, an education company that do a lot of appraisals and they're creating the platform for it. So it was going to be available in the next few weeks and they can quickly access about 50,000 GPs. Really? That's fantastic. So how, 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 how will GPs get to know about that then? So it's going to be all online. And so it is linked in with their appraisal system. So a lot of GPs will know about 14 Fish, but also other healthcare right. professionals, so nurses, pharmacists, any other specialty as well. You've met two of the other doctors, Rebecca Lewis and Sarah Ball. And there's mm. another doctor, Alice Duffy. The four of us have created this programme where there's a series of lectures that we've we've actually done that people can listen to and they have before and after questions so we can assess their knowledge and then we've actually had actresses coming to the clinic and pretending to be patients with different scenarios and so that in 10 minute consultations we have um, recorded and and also we've used a nurse as well so nurses can see what they can get out of a 10 minutes with a patient so there's for example someone with a migraine someone who's elderly who wants to restart HRT someone with vaginal dryness someone who's had cancer so different cases so again Mm -hmm. people can do questions before and after they can be referred to the evidence so it's a very easy and very user-friendly way and obviously we did all the recording a while ago but even now with COVID it's even better really because people um, are less likely to go to conferences and learn in a very traditional way Um, whereas this is something and it will be you can monitor the hours spent so that they can have a certificate so it will be every year they'll have 10 hours and it won't be very expensive so then we can get as many people as possible trained very quickly which is really exciting that's fantastic that's something mm. that so the nhs use 14 fish do they well the royal college of gps use it and right. so and and actually they're very involved in the training of of all gps um right. so Excellent. these and that there's a free module on there already that i've done for 14 fish so anyone can join for free 14 mm. fish and they can access a whole load of modules so i've done one just for an hour but this is going to be a specific menopause and hrt education yeah. program so so anybody who who has a gp mm. who doesn't know very much which is clear for in in some cases you could just send yes. them a very nice email with a link yes. Yes. to that saying perhaps you might like to have a little yes a absolutely <laughs> a, a lot of gps will will respond won't they because actually i mean a gp is a general practitioner so you know they, they will be generalized in their training 
Yeah, when I do do training to GPs, actually, they're really interested. And it's because they haven't had the knowledge and confidence to prescribe. And then, as you know, there's a real problem at the moment, because the warnings that are linked with our programs in general practice, our computer prescribing program is linked with the MHRA, which now says to us how dangerous HRT is. And they've updated it recently to say it's still really dangerous because of a Lancet paper that came out at the back end of 2019 which was looking at old types of HRT so a lot of people women but also healthcare professionals don't realize how safe Mm. through the skin estrogen is how safe the natural progesterone is so well this is something that I'm definitely going to be mm. taking up and I know it's difficult for you as a as a doctor sometimes perhaps to take on you know doctors organizations but you know for me as a a campaigner Mm. uh, and, and as a writer and communicator you know I'm definitely got the HM sorry MRHA in in my sights because the fact that they can allow this incorrect health damaging information to be put out is scandalous. I totally agree Um, and 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 even if you take a step back and think about vaginal estrogen so something like uh, Vagifem the vaginal pessary and as you know Around 80% of women have vaginal dryness and only about 7-8% of women receive treatment. But we know that local oestrogen in the vagina is even safe for women who've had oestrogen receptor positive breast cancer because it only works locally. But as you know, mm. it can make a difference for someone being able to wear underclothes or being able to sit down yeah. or help with recurrent urinary tract infections. Yeah. Yet the inserts clearly say risk of stroke, risk of breast cancer, risk of heart yeah. disease, and it's wrong. Oh, it's shocking. It's, completely it's wrong. shocking. Yeah. I, I, I recently tried the new spray version oh, yes. of oestrogen. Yes. Uh, which was really interesting and I like it very much and I thought well this is good because it's brand new you know hot off the press and of course there was a little leaflet tucked inside there so I spread it out and read it Uh, and it was full of you know do not use if you've any history of breast cancer DVT thrombosis Mm. strokes migraine I thought this is completely wrong this is totally totally wrong and the fact that GPs get that information Mm. and it flashes up as a red warning when they go to try and prescribe it, you know, it's no wonder. Well, you have absolutely. to be quite a bold yes, doctor, you wouldn't do. you, to say, actually, I'm going yes. to override that because I know it's incorrect. Absolutely, and I think if they've come for a training day with me, for example, or with my um, colleagues, and they feel really empowered, and then they try and prescribe, and they get mm. these warnings, they think, actually, I'm going to prescribe antidepressants because I don't get those warnings yeah, with antidepressants. It's, and, it's easier, and yes. it's you know, potentially going to be safer, and I'm, mm. I'm taking a risk here. Yes. So... I think this is wrong and, you know, I would love to see some kind of class action. I think there, there definitely has to be because when I try to explore it, even with the drug companies, and they said, well, that's the mm. way it is. That's the way it's always been. Well, as you know, that's not it good can't be answer. incorrect. No, it's yeah, but it can't not. be, you know, you, and, you know, truth has to out. It, yes. it, it's, you know, something's either true or it isn't. Yes. And if it isn't true, then it needs to change. Absolutely. It's got to be open and honest and credible mm. and trustworthy yes. and responsible and reliable and all those things that as taxpayers we expect our service mm. providers and the health service to, to offer us. Mm. And can you imagine it being the same for any other medication, dare I say it, any kind of male? Absolutely medication? not, no. Well, Viagra you can buy over the counter, can't you? And there are actually more contraindications to Viagra, meaning reasons why men can't take it, than there are to women not taking oestrogen as the, the gel or the no. spray or the patch. Yes, because if you've got heart disease, you have to be careful. And so, you know, it's... I that mean, is a it, shocker. Do you know, yeah. that's what I love about talking to you, is every time I talk to you, 
I know something else. But every time I talk to you, I end up going away even more infuriated because just as we begin to make a little bit of progress, yes. we hear about other things. Or, mm. And you know, I hear with you, and that's why I love <laughs> talking to you and supporting you with your work and your research because what you're doing is just so, so mm. important. And, and I, if I can I'm, amplify it in any way. Well, it's way. great. And I, you know, I've said to you so many times, it's amazing what you do because, you know, you are a voice and a face of well-being and if you can stand there and say you take HRT actually that's yeah. more than I can do as a doctor but <laughs> and, but it's reassuring for women isn't it I think at the end of the day it's about individual choice and I'm not we're not doing this podcast to say every woman should take HRT no, but what we are not. doing is trying to say people should have choice based on the right information yeah and um, that's what and I do sometimes think gosh I wonder if I if you hadn't been updating your book I wonder how your life would have been because you were starting to experience quite a few symptoms weren't you and absolutely yes I mean I've never had a hot sweat or or maybe I, I, I would have done but the main thing that really drove me to my GP to talk about HRT you know having been made aware of it by you was lack of sleep and mm. um, insomnia mm. um, but also now I know looking back I had the most debilitating headaches during yes. my 40s and um, you know as I said you know problems with my hearing and incredibly dry skin mm. and I used to get repeated urinary tract infections and cystitis and all of that none of which I have now so yeah. you're absolutely right I'm, I'm quite sure that I have a massive debt of personal health care <laughs> to you as do so many millions I hope, of women who've recovered their health thanks to your work. Well, I think it's it's important and I think, you know, we need to end this on a very positive note because, yeah. you know, most of us hopefully will be living in our menopausal years for decades and it's got to be a positive phase of our life and we have to be comfortable mm. in the way that we choose and live our lives and we're all different, so we make different choices but it's important that if any of you are listening and you're not receiving the right help, then you should certainly go in see someone else and get the right help and and as doctors none of us mind if a patient sees more than one healthcare professional so I know a lot of women worry that they're going to upset their doctor or they won't be able to go back to their doctor if they have a different problem and and actually doctors are often delighted if they can't help or they're giving wrong advice it's often because they haven't got the right training and um, so it's really important isn't it that women do receive the right help and have the right knowledge Absolutely. And you're putting it out there. So thank you. On behalf of womankind. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Louise. Well, it's not just me. I have a great team of of people. And, um, you know, none of us can do any of this on our own, can we? So it's it's great. We're very lucky. So it's great. And I think women working together are actually quite noisy and insistent and persistent, I should say, as well. So which is good. What we need to be. Yeah. Onwards. Absolutely. Onwards we go. <laughs> so thank you so much. This has been really enlightening uh, and I hope people have enjoyed pleasure. it. So, so before I finish, do you mind mm. just giving some, in a traditional style for this podcast, uh, three <laughs> take-home tips for women who maybe just aren't really sure and struggling and not sure what, what they can do, just three things that would yeah. make a difference for their future maybe? Well, I think the first is is knowledge. You know, you said that knowledge is power. Mm. And, you know, look, at your, you've got such a great website. I'm always on it and always delving deep to find great resources. The Greens Climacteric uh, score is really helpful, isn't it? So mm. I think any woman wanting to fill that in to track symptoms and then you can print that off and take that to your GP. I think that's that's hugely helpful. That would be a really, really good starting point. Um, I think 
knowing that you may know more than your GP is really helpful. So, you know, going into an appointment, even if it's an online appointment or a phone appointment, you know, armed with information so that you feel secure in your knowledge. You know, you can print off the nice guidelines that say you don't need blood tests after the age of 45, they're unreliable. And, you know, all these things Mm. um, is, is really important. So I think understanding that GPs may not know it all. And I think your point about not being afraid to ask for a second opinion or a third opinion or a fourth opinion. We just need tenacity, don't we? It's yes, just not, not giving up, recognising this may be a journey. You may be lucky. It's a postcode lottery. You may mm. strike gold the very first doctor you talk to, but you may not. And I think, you know, I always say to comments on my Instagram, particularly, it's your body, it's your health, it's your life, it's mm. your future, it's your choice. And I think just keep that in mind always. Absolutely. Great advice. Thank you ever so much, Liz. Thank you for your time today. It's brilliant. Thanks for having me. Thank you. For more information about the menopause, please visit our website, www.menopausedoctor.co.uk.